Nariko Ott, we watched yeah. it. We made you watch it. What's yes. one thing you liked about it? Um, I, I actually really like the way it was filmed. I love the way uh, the color all pops. So every time Pennywise the Clown shows up, uh, it yeah, it's just bright and vibrant, and it's kind of jarring to the eyes. And it's never, it's always unsettling in a, in a little bit. I think the best, visually. the best one of his color popping out was when they were make when he was kissing that girl. And she turned into a clown, right? The yellow pants there. I remember that was like a very vivid color. <laughs> yeah. We've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> you start kissing her and then all of a sudden you realize it's a creepy old clown you know from the neighborhood. Yeah. I, well, I mean, for me, it was just, oh, it's Tim Curry. Um, <laughs> but whenever you were kissing somebody. Yeah, I was kissing someone and rather than a clown, I pulled back and oh, it was Tim Curry, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened to me. Uh, my major compliment is uh, I like how all the kids in this movie become professionals at the thing they liked as childhood hobbies. Mm-hmm. So, like, the kid who was the funny one and did voices becomes a professional comic. And, uh, uh, oh man, it's been two weeks since i saw this one two hours of tech problems today so now i can't remember the other ones but they're all doing th- anyway uh a horror writer an architect right a yeah. fashion designer yes yep. and the one who stayed there's a library or oh, one of them's a uh, like a he's a historian i think they cover that in the books uh that it's like a book. magic thing that yeah that it's like a magic thing like uh yeah. they're um i don't know what it like I, I i never read it but it was something like in the book like that they were uh gifted uh because of either killing the clown or something or they or, could kill it because they were gifted or some combination yeah, yeah i think i think well, it was some side effect of the situation he, uh the librarian actually mentions it when they're all in that house together when he's like explaining why yeah they succeed He's like, think about it. You all also grew up and were awesome, but I stayed here and wasn't. Like, right, right, uh, right. Well, so yeah, so I feel like that. I wish I was if I was part of that group, I would be a professional StarCraft player in South Korea, probably. But <laughs> that's how my life turned out. But uh, yeah, I thought that was kind. That's of, just kind of a neat idea. It was like six kids where you're like, oh, I'm gonna. I know exactly what you're gonna be when you grow up. Uh, Anthony, what's your major compliment? Um. You know, like, uh, I had never seen this before. And You've it's never seen t- it before? This, yeah, I've never seen it before. Uh, and it's taken such a place in popular culture that I feel like I knew a lot about it. And I've heard so much about, like, Tim Curry's performance. Yeah. So I really went in expecting, like, I don't know what I was expecting. Like, something more, like, sinister. But he's really, like, he's, like, a really fun performance. Like, it lived up to me. It surprised me. Like, I thought I went in, like knowing exactly what I was going to get from it. And instead, I thought it was, it like, was uh, lived up to the hype and surpassed it. Even. I, yeah. I really liked, he thought he had a great time and <laughs> so much fun in it. He definitely <laughs> was fun in it. I, that's a, yeah. yeah. The uh, scene in the library was actually legitimately really funny. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. like legitimately very funny and, and like, you know, kind of disturbing with the balloons falling and stuff. Yeah. Thing. Oh, that was my favorite. I I loved any time the no no one was reacting to weird stuff happening. Yeah, I thought the balloon image of people sitting as balloons rained down around them. Yeah, I thought that looked great. That was such a cool image. Absolutely. Um, I would say also, I just want to play with, like so. I watched this with my with my fiance, and she's younger than me uh-huh. than us. Are you just, and, is this and a compliment so, or are you just bragging? Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. That's all I wanted to say. So I, <laughs> no, but she, I was going to say that she 
was not at all disturbed by the movie whatsoever. But, I mean, I think yeah. that could have been, you but know. She's um, just a strong person. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, because she's actually afraid of balloons, so the library scene oh. fucked her up. <laughs> like, so those are the only things that bummed her out was the only time a balloon showed up. Like, <laughs> there is a lot of balloons. Yeah, there was. Like surprise balloons, yeah. too. So Razor like teeth, balloons. blood, and murder didn't bother her, but as soon as there was a lighter than air object right <laughs> but for me like i well, take it I, back like, she's a weak person <laughs> no it's a weird it's definitely a weird phobia i know but, a couple of people who are afraid former co-host of the show tanya was a uh, uh, very afraid of police she's afraid of them popping is that what it is is like yeah, just yeah, hates yeah, the she's noise. afraid of them popping yeah well how did she yeah. feel about hot air balloons because those are worse when they pop. She's not a big Heights fan either, so I think oh. that would like be double duty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, uh, but I think it's really funny. She's like, ugh, I don't even understand how people are afraid of clowns. I'm like, but you're afraid of like the shit they hold in their hand, like. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you like that clown doesn't do anything for you, but if we were ten feet up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or if she if she were to twist lightly at a, a helium filled fucking yeah. rubber. Good morning, Meat Suits. (laughs) Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a podcast, a good podcast about 90s horror films. We always have been and we always will be. (laughs) I am your host, Alex Falcone. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. Uh, and I have a, a small but powerful panel today, and it's a, ver- it's a very interesting episode. I w- I'm going to refer to this in the future. It'll, I think it'll be known colloquially as the clown episode, but it may also be known as the cursed episode because this is the most difficult it's ever been to produce an hour of audio that I in my entire life. This has been nuts, but it's going to be worth it because we have joining us uh, from New York, uh, making his second appearance on the show at Nariko underscore Ott on Twitter. It's Nariko Ott. Hey, what's up? And yeah, uh, sorry about that. Uh, this is the fourth computer. Fourth time was the charm. <laughs> I had, luckily had four computers in the house. Uh, and I spent, I mean, I spent om- over a month scheduling this and we have had, I've had, I think five, six guests now at some that were at various points scheduled and then didn't end up making it work. Um, but we've got you on your fourth computer, and we do have a special guest coming in a second. But also, let me introduce at Anthony Lopez Part Two on Twitter in Portland, Oregon. It's Mr. Anthony Lopez. Uh, I'm so excited to be here as always. Uh, I love doing the podcast because you can't you can't see me because you can't actually comprehend what I look like. Unless you can comprehend just a giant spider, and then you can totally comprehend what it looks like. In your real then form, you look like stop motion. Yeah, you can't comprehend what I look like at all unless you can comprehend like a pretty simple concept. Then you can totally see me. He, his like mysterious magic concept, maybe his planet is stop motion planet, and there he looks very realistic, but it just doesn't well, translate well across galaxies. It, it's just the thing with like a, so much of Stephen King woke and his adaptation is so much of his stuff works well on the page but then when you're like for a small budget like okay we have to make an uncomprehensible monster <laughs> uh, that's a lot easier to write guys, yeah what do you guys want to do for that uh, we got about $50 to do it uh, and some stuff from the Jim Henson factory line over there so let's get crazy you know? <laughs> so joining us in the we're going to have a, a segment here in the middle of the show where we're going to be joined by Rob Torres who is an internationally acclaimed clown 
and graduate of the Barnum and Bailey Clown College and uh, very experienced in tents, uh, everything. He's done all the clown things. So stick around to hear from this fucking clown a little bit later. Uh, but let's let's talk about this. This is episode number 388 of the program. Mm-hmm. We have now done as many episodes as the number of stores closing because of the bankruptcy of Payless Shoe Source. <laughs> and oh, yeah, what an uplifting note! To yeah. start. If you're if you're uh, if you're in the mood to pay even less, they're having a liquidation sale. <laughs> and Bunch it's. Of- Unemployed Al Bundy's out there. Uh. <laughs> I lo- I like pay- Payless is perfect if you love buying shoes because you'll need to buy another one two weeks later, so you get to do the same experience oh, multiple yeah. times. Uh, so get to get over the liquidation to buy such great brands as Mikey, Conversation, and B Rock, and Schmidtus. Hey man, I I used to get my LA lights at Payless. Oh right? yeah, <laughs> that. They were the only game in town. That's not true. It's the one place my parents were cheap enough. <laughs> yeah, me but too. I got them. I, I lo- got those Oh, man. If you had on L.A. lights and you wore some uh, L.A. looks Genius. in your hair and you went to L.A. fitness, you wouldn't even have to go to L.A. You'd be so L.A. from head to toe. <laughs> you wouldn't even need it. Uh, this It's like probably too old of a reference, but like, uh, can you get your XJ9000s at uh, Payless or is that I only don't get a reference. Jam? XJ nine thousand work. This is a Kmart shoe. Yeah, it was like a it was like a knockoff. Uh, oh, fake like, Jordan. Fake Jordan, basically. Oh yeah. man, those are awesome looking. Yes, those are awesomely terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not familiar with this. This is great. That's a very old reference. But yeah. Oh man, yeah. Look Mid-90s that up. Is fuck. I, yeah. Oh man, they did all of them too. They did all the. They faked all the Jordans. Did you Google XJ? Yeah, I'm looking at them right now, and they're amazing. <laughs> Wow, yeah. uh, I bet they're probably going for a like a. They'd be crazy if like they became like a like. I a, bet you. Like I bet they'd be shoe. expensive to buy now. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> but they got the ones. They've got it looks like fours and twelves even. Ooh. Actually, this is kind of fun because the ones kind of look like clown shoes. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, speaking of things that bring back bad childhood memories, this week we're talking about it. Stephen King's it the nineteen ninety miniseries. Uh what what did it where did this air? The American Broadcasting Company. Oh really? Ooh. It was an ABC series. Well yeah. anyway, so uh why are we talking about this right now? A couple reasons. One is because it's getting remade, so there's the new one coming out in September, and I had never seen the original. Um and so it's good to see this before the new one comes out, and I'm super interested in the new one now. Um also, uh because Noriko, you watched this with your fiance and yes. were interested you were interested in talking about it because it you had some thoughts. Mm-hmm. And also we're doing it because recently there's been this resurgence. Uh like the cool thing at the end of twenty sixteen was creepy clown sightings. It was a brief fad. Um, like when we were in high school and swing music was cool for a day. It was like that, but with uh college kids wearing clown outfits and running around at night um you think brian seltzer also brought back clowns i think he did that too <laughs> brought back swing i i like well you know it's funny because his name is brian setzer but brian seltzer <laughs> would be the clown version <laughs> i was thinking that same thing <laughs> uh, yeah uh anyway the the, the cherry popping daddies would would come up and uh zoot suits are kind of clown looking too with the huge they pants yeah, oh, yeah yeah Anyway, uh, I, I'm not like uh, an anthropologist, but I sort of think that this is all based on this movie. Uh, although 
we'll see if Rob has maybe a different opinion coming up. But uh, anyway, so that's what we're talking about. If you want to force us to uh, watch or read something of your choice, um, right now the way we're doing one of the one of the things we're doing is that Meat Buddies get to vote on the topic. So everyone who is donated to the show gets to uh, a chance to vote on what topics coming up. There's a topic selection system, and uh, because of it, next week we're going to be watching Night Court, which I never yes. would have picked. I know That's nothing awesome. about Night Court, but the Meat Buddies voted for it, so we're going to do it. Are you a Night Court fan? Oh, yeah. Uh, you've watched all of them. Sorry. No kidding. Isn't someone from Night Court in it? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Harry. Uh, or, sorry. Uh, so, uh, the main, the, the Richie, the guy that plays the adult Richie, he's the judge in the, uh, I believe in the, was it in the, if not the original series, the, like, cause they, they switched judges like halfway wasn't, through. Like, isn't Judge Reinhold from Night Court? No, that was from uh, from Arrested Development, where he's like, "My name is Judge." Oh, right, because his name is Judge. Sometimes I get those two things confused. So his name was Judge Reinhold, and he had his own show. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, man, well, that I I wish we had done that from the beginning, but that would be a fun idea for a podcast about movies, where each week you take one character and watch like one actor, and you do like six degrees of separation around the world, and yeah. just keep always finding somebody tied in. Yeah, that's really crazy. What a tie-in. What a great idea. Anyway, so that's coming out. So uh, you can become a Meat Buddy by going to read-weep.com slash Meat Buddies, and you'll get access to all that great voting technology and other uh, other benefits. Uh, So now I'm going to summarize this film for you. This summary is going to be – it was provided by two people who gave the film a cowardly three-star review on Amazon. So uh, I'm going to read you both of these. Uh, Three-star is the the dumbest rating of things. Yeah. Um, Yeah. A comic- I didn't hate it, meh, but yeah. I didn't love it. Who who has a three star opinion and then is like, I'm gonna type this out? <laughs> like, I was too high to pay attention, but yeah. I wasn't high enough to fall asleep. And I really want you all to know. <laughs> um, I somebody once I can't remember if I've talked about this on the show, but I a comic once told me that like the best way to find reviews, the best reviews to read are the two star reviews because mm. that's somebody like if you're trying to find honest reviews of a bad thing, the one stars might be funny or they're just like it's shit. But a two star right. review is someone who wanted to like it and <laughs> has a real yeah. start, like can really ex- explain why it's not good. Yeah. So, but these are some three star reviews. So, uh, I'll read the first one. It was taken from a rather longish and wordy novel by Stephen King. <laughs> Lots of yeah, characters. Longish. <laughs> longish. <laughs> and wordy. I mean, wordy is such a funny description of a novel, which yeah. is literally just a pile of words. Yeah. Right. But yeah, uh, I was thinking, like, because with long, you've already established that there's a lot of words in it. So yeah. Wordy, does that, like, what I, like, ugh, the words in this thing. There's. <laughs> What I liked about the movie was real picture-y. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, the review continues, it's got lots of characters, very heavy on their respective backgrounds, and a scary monster, in parentheses, it, that looks like a clown and terrorizes their lives and the town in which they live, Derry, Maine. From all this written material, the filmmakers have distilled the action down to a movie that is a little over three hours in length, which is a formidable task. Is it as good as the book? No. Is it a pretty decent synopsis of the interesting characters? Yes. Yes, it is. Are the special effects... I love when people start interviewing themselves in a review. (laughs) Are the special effects okay? Yes, up until the end when the climactic battle with it occurs. Then then when we see it in its final incarnation, it appears as a big, cheesy, not-too-scary, lumbering spider that looks like it was taken (laughs) from a third-rate sci-fi movie. I realize the movie was made in 1990, but the spider monster looks to be out of the 50s. Note... (laughs) 
good scary movie monsters can be found in 2007's The Mist, also by Stephen King, and also in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> this happens sometime later. Yeah, but I love someone who's like, look, if you're looking for a spider, if you came to this review, or if you came to this movie because you wanted a giant spider, let me suggest uh, Shelob. Uh, anyway, uh, so that's one three-star review. And then the other one is by Rick, who says... My 15-year-old and 11-year-old thought it was stupid. It scared the heck out of me. <laughs> so that is it. That is the summary of it. So let's let's talk, you guys. I want a feels dump from you to start out. Um, Noriko, when you saw it recently, was it the first time you've seen it? Um, I haven't watched it in, in a long time. So, so you, maybe... you did see it when you were a kid, though? Oh, absolutely. Great. Yes. So tell me how you felt about it then and how you felt about it now. Oh, I that movie scared the shit out of me, like uh, as a as a little kid and stuff, like uh, growing up in elementary, junior high and stuff. I I just um, I always thought it was I don't know, like uh, it, like I said, like the way the the um, Tim Curry he does a great job as a clown, and also like the way he he's juxtaposed in every scene where the colors of him are so bright. So when he shows up, when his head pops up in a sewer, or when he's head pops out of the shower drain <laughs> yeah, uh, the drain you're, yeah you're, it's just immediately like it's jarring to your eyes and yeah. also he shouldn't fucking be there and so <laughs> it uh it's uh and and he's like toying with them too so there's a psychological element i, I just i really enjoyed it watching it this time i think i was just more annoyed that my uh fiance wasn't more scared <laughs> taking me out of the movie yeah <laughs> I, I, it, I, it's definitely to me, it felt more like it was creepy imagery and some really effective creepy imagery, not scary at all to me, uh, mm-hmm. and definitely too long and real dumb in parts, but yeah. well, like, like he, like, uh, like the, you said it was a psychological element where he's toying with them, which just doesn't make a ton of sense for a space monster who needs to eat them to live. Like, I don't know. There's a weird playing with your flavor. Fl- He's got to eat their fear. Like he actually, yeah, they taste better. It's like he's I, like adding salt to your food. Yeah. He's actually like living off of the fear and the fear of the town. Like I think is like the. But then why does he also have to have their bodies in the spider web? Well, he also eats them as well. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That seems but, pretty but arbitrary. His, but his like okay, so the guy's wife was in the web, but still alive. So uh, he was just clearly, eating slowly. I'm, I'm guessing so. Like, um, well, he only comes out every 300 years to feed. So, like, oh right, yeah, he's real. He he wakes every, to get nice and peckish. Yeah, every every 30 years. He oh, comes 30. Out. Sorry. Yeah, huh? every 30 years he comes out. Oh, which man? I such a bummer because this this film was in in 1990. Why couldn't they wait? Why are they releasing a remake in 2017? It should be in 2020. It would be perfect. Oh, yeah. <sighs> what a major fuck up. Anyway, Anthony, what's your feels dump? How did you feel as a kid? How do you feel now? Um, all right. So like I said, I've never seen this before. Oh, right. You hadn't. Uh, yeah. I knew I knew of it as a, as a kid growing up. Uh, and it's weird. I, I'm actually like a pretty big Stephen King fan. Like I've read a lot of his works. I've seen a lot of his adaptations. And I think, you know, they have sort of better or worse he has some good ones, some bad ones, but a lot of his work is kind of like how to adapt. Uh, I think to the the screen, and like it's a really good example of it. Like seeing it again, like a lot of his, the the movie, I didn't think was scary really in a way that I, I probably would have. I saw it as a kid. Uh, as as an adult, I didn't find like any like the jump scares, but as like like you kind of said, like a a horror movie that's really about like the psychological part of it, a horror movie that's really about like just the feeling 
of like what these characters are going through. Like it it feels because they tried to shove that into three hours and told all the story really condensed. Uh, that wasn't quite like as good as it could have been. It wasn't quite as lived in. It happened so fast. The whole movie, you know. It's so weird to hear um, it described as fast because I felt like it was real slow. Well, I, it's just there's no. It doesn't like really breathe. Like it just is yeah. constantly going from one. Like okay, we have this character. Here's one interaction with one person to get to know everything about him. Here's his flashback. Then we're doing the next one, and then yeah. It's just every scene is a scare after scare after scare, and it, it kind of felt like a little exhausting because they were just without much setup to it. Like I felt like if, if it was like a longer thing, really letting it breathe, I think it could have been even better. Um, yeah, but yeah I, re- I really love like, like I love Stephen King. I love his concepts. I like yeah. the idea of like a eldritch, unknowable monster that controls a town and like. We can't see it. I think that stuff is, like I said, the book's great on the page. I love that Stephen King is the type of writer who, like, I don't know if this is in the book, but, like, the fact that, like, how do you beat a giant spider monster? Well, you have one character who's destined to use a slingshot, (laughs) stands in front of it reciting a phrase his mother made him say, and, like, you know, then magic happens. Like, I just love, like, that kind of, like, shit happens because it's, it's weird and mysterious and it's destined and there's like a force working through them that isn't even acknowledged in the yeah. show really but it is in the book like i don't know i love like his big world building and i feel like this really kind of skips over a lot of that yeah, yeah. uh in a way that i felt like it's disappointing but i don't know i think for like a 90s tv thing i thought it was pretty fun what's your i just had an Go image ahead, of, sorry real quick like i to I just realized, like, when you were talking, like, why I was so scared. And if you could put yourself, imagine you're in sixth grade and you're by yourself in a living room in the dark mm. and you get up by yourself and you sneak out and you find a VHS tape of it and then <laughs> you're covertly watching it because you're not supposed to and you yeah. watch all three hours of it by yourself in the dark. See, that... <laughs> yeah, that sounds scarier. See, I realized, like, I was like, oh, that's that's why that was so fun. Like, you, it was... I mean, the fact that you were in sixth grade, that might have been a key part of it, too. Yeah. Because I well, feel I, like, like, like one of the things that drives me, I don't like kids in movies. And yeah. so I was just mostly just exhausted by how many times there were kids on screen for how long mm-hmm. these kids were out. But if you're in sixth grade, you're less choosy about the age of the people. You're probably more bored by the adults and all their having sex when the phone rings. And so you'd probably be like, oh, man, these kids are such a what a realistic portrayal of life. I actually um, I identified more with the I I feel the same way about kids in a movie. I'm like, ugh. yeah, Uh, but in this one, I actually I I almost thought they were better actors overall. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I just I enjoyed their I because their powerlessness was uh, felt more real. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like. I don't know. I also thought, <sighs> yeah, I like, go, ahead. go ahead. The way all the scares are very much. I mean, as like seen it as like a sixth grader, all the scares are like things that happen to you on like a weekly basis. Almost yeah. like you find yourself in a big shower or in a bathroom by yourself, or like in like a scary place of your school trying to get something. Like I felt like yeah, really, or a sewer dungeon river bed off the yeah. highway. Yeah. <laughs> But I felt like a lot of those things, like the like the way it twists. Uh, I I love that Stephen King like s- 
darkness hidden under small town suburbia and like the the facade of uh like simple life you know Mm -hmm. i love that theme i think that theme really well psychologically in this one the theme where like people in the town are just always kind of burying this fact like the fact that kids get murdered every 30 years in big waves and no one talks about it yeah uh i really like that aspect where it's like everyone in town is sort of complicit in this whole business yeah and i i I think the no go ahead go oh uh i was gonna just like real quick to your point about um small town stuff um my friend one time brought it to my attention and it fucked me up but it was uh the Stephen King's books are basically like uh, making you afraid of something that like you shouldn't be afraid of, like a yeah. normal common yeah. item, you know, like so clowns or a '57 Chevy, yeah, or, dogs. or a bunch of trucks or like a dog, yeah, or, yeah, just something you're like, oh, and then they made a horror movie out of something, you know. Yeah, I mean, look at something like my one of my favorite Stephen King stories is like Misery. That's mm-hmm. you know, you get in an accident and the person who saves you is your cat like that's like someone doing a nice thing for you yeah becomes like something to be horrified of like or so good at that kind of stuff or shawshank like being wrongfully convicted of a crime that's really terrifying Mm -hmm. that and it shouldn't you shouldn't be scared of that but man all the time now or uh the dark tower where you're chasing a wizard across the wasteland (laughs) you know that should just be a day in the park uh i i loved the like the like the images though stick with me in a way that like it really wasn't scary but it's just super interesting like him climbing out of the shower is yeah. like the way so he like there so the kid is in in a sh- so he lives in water or he just likes the water but he's also he's, magic i don't know he lives under the city he lives in the sewers so he's yeah he's in the sewers yeah he's in the sewers but also sometimes he's just not like he's also in the libraries and uh so i don't know what to make of that but he <laughs> He he just like comes out through the sewer, so he comes out through this in the in the group shower, which is terrifying already. But he like it, it he like way he puts his hand out, and then he like just makes the shower drain big enough for his head to pop out, and then yep. his whole upper body. It was such an effective, creepy but awesome look. Like the picture of him now, just Tim Curry dressed as a clown popping out of a shower drain, just kind of yeah. sitting on his hand. Yeah. It's just an incredible image. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, so the color pop, the juxtaposition of like, that guy should not fucking be there because it's like startling. And then also his nonchalant, like he leans on his, like puts his fist under his chin. He's like, yeah. you know, like it's, that doesn't set, but uh, effectively it, it it's a bunch of weirdness and it's, yeah, it's just a, a bundle, a lot of wrong all in one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so moment. Anthony pointed this out to me when we, when we were talking about this before we decided to watch it. So the reason why the clown is supposed to be scary is that he's supposed, he wasn't, is the spider takes the form of the clown because the clown will lure kids in, right? Yes. That was the idea is that he's yeah. supposed yeah. to be a non creepy thing. Cause that's what gets the kids attention. Yes. Yeah. But also he's trying to like, he wants you to be as afraid as you can. And there's also like, like with the security goad, you know, when he says he only has to believe in me enough. Like there's a power mm. in like that he has once he gets you being afraid enough and believing that he's real enough that he can get you is kind of how I but see, interpret I, This it. is one of the reasons why it's so difficult to understand because then why does he have to bring the kids? Why is he like, hey, come in the sewer. I got your boat. Like if his thing is to torture you and terrify you, why does he also have to be attracted in a, an attractive nuisance outside? Well, he um, I th- look, so he had to get the kid close enough that he would reach in to the sewer so he can grab him. 
But he also can just hang out in the library. Why can't he reach out of the sewer now? Why can't he that climb up? Georgie wasn't going to go to the library, dude. He's like, <laughs> so, so he's only it's in sewers and libraries? <laughs> I mean, it just feels like a real arbitrary space demon spider. Okay, so the library um, the library one, he was um, attacking them as adults in the library. So they already knew about him. So he didn't have to hide or try to lure them because, you know, I mean, he wasn't going to be able to... Uh, when he takes the pleasing shape, like when he uh, t- pretends, when he takes the sh- the shape of like uh, that the girl, and he goes into the 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 guy's room, yeah, like in the hotel. See, that was like I'm trying to lure them close, or, or just to fuck with them, you know. But so, yeah, so why didn't he do that all along when they come? Why is he like I'm a clown by the side of the road? All we'd have to be is like one decent looking person or a pile of money, and then just kill them all that way. Because he needs them to be like afraid of, like it's like, he can't like hurt them. They're like this special, is so right? arbitrary and weird. It's 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 okay, okay. So like you're you're like buying into a like unknowable monster from another dimension. Yes, crashed here. Like you're willing to go with like that, but he's like he's you have to like accept like the whole idea of like he exists almost. He's like in, inside their minds. Like he's not physically there. He's but he can grab them and he can stab himself. them. This is well, I've said this on the show before, but I will I will go with you on a big jump if your little jumps make sense. I will take the big leap if you work out the details. But if there's if the rules are arbitrary, how can I accept a space demon? Well, again, I think it's the type of thing that like works better in the book when they can explain it more. Yeah. Like this this miniseries is like this is like a a cheap thrills horror thing for 90s tv audiences like sure it's i i wonder what the like the sequels or not the sequels but like the remake will go in more and having more time to like explain those type of things but like well so that's an interesting uh, question for me is with the the sorry i interrupted you but i i want to talk about that real quick so with the the remake it doesn't make sense to me that a the clown is creepier because yeah the point is to bring them into the sewer but the other thing is that because of, partially because of the first movie Kids are scared of clowns more now. So yeah. if if there was a space demon spider right now, he wouldn't dress up like a clown. He would have like because a clown wouldn't get a kid into a sewer. Like he would have to dress up as like uh, an iPad game, right? Like what would Steve, get Steve from Minecraft? Yeah, Steve from Minecraft. <laughs> that would get the kids in the sewer. So I think that would be a cool it's pronounced opportunity. MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> well, the movie takes place in the eighties. So the it's new still one, ha- yeah, it's gonna take place. It's like a period film, uh-huh. but it is kind of it does kind of bother me how ridiculously monster movie the new it looks. But yeah. I mean, maybe that's what they're going for. Maybe he's not trying to lure them. He, they're just leaning into the just trying to make you as scared as possible. Like he's, yeah, that's the take on it. You know? I yeah. love the look of the new Pennywise, but it doesn't make sense if that's possible. Yeah. Like I think he's fascinating looking. I think it's a really interesting bit of character design. But yeah, it does. If it seems like they're just going full horror movie, and if you're making a horror movie clown, this is pretty good looking. Yeah, yeah. My problem with it was in the in the trailer is that in the new one that is that the, the, there's not that pop and juxtaposition right. that, that I thought the whoever directed this other movie like did so effectively. Even that you referenced it, and even though you weren't afraid, it, it stuck with you as an image. Yeah. Um. I mean, and maybe that, I mean, I haven't seen it, so, I mean, maybe there's other things, um, but there's a, you know, there's, there's a lot of tropes that happen now in, in horror movies, like the, 
the the moving really fast and the and the you know speeding up the film the the you increasing this the volume of the the sound as it goes for the jump scare and yeah like yeah that. but uh but this one because it was a made for tv movie also which also you know there there's probably a lot of limitations they had to work with you know couldn't make it gory at all things like that right right um, uh like uh anyway but so that was the one thing that i wanted as 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 somebody who would love the original uh that the, like that i you know is it would be so hard to replicate because the way the color is done, even and when you watch it, it's it's almost like everything has been cross processed or something. You know, I don't know if you guys know much about film. I don't know. Yeah, it's a great, that. it's a great point. Like thinking about something, I I had a lot of thoughts about the new trailer because I watched it right after I finished uh, the original miniseries, and I had a thought. But like a great point. Like rewatch thinking about it. Like the new it, his color palette is like this grimy white. Yeah. Like it's, it's just, it really doesn't pop at all. It looks in, like sinister when he's coming out of like black water or something, but like they do. So there's the scene in this one when they're flipping through the, uh, photo album uh-huh. and it takes over the photo album and comes out of the photo and the new trailer, they do that scene with a slide projector, right? Yes. Which is a pretty interesting fun. Take it's a, yeah. It's an effective, scene. effective little thing. But, yeah. like, the reveal of, like, it, he's standing as a couple with, like, red hair, and it's it's almost like it doesn't immediately pop because he stands out, doesn't right. stand out at all. Yeah. Uh, and it, it really does, like, uh, it makes it look a little silly, doesn't make it, like, it's trying to hold with, like, if he was, like, standing in a bright color suit with, like, that dark, grimy, you know, Nolan-esque look they're going for with the new one. Yeah, like that would really stand out. But yeah, well, also the so the the one we watched is like the clown is a classic birthday party clown from 1990, and in the new one he's got this like European 1920s outfit on. Yeah. Like he's well, it's a different period clown, which is an interesting choice. That's too. actually more accurate because in the if you, in the in the movie we watched the original, like he's they had that 1932 or the 1832 yeah. photograph or. or uh, oh yeah, yeah. Pennywise in it. And that's how they know his name is Pennywise. Um, so that makes more sense that he'd be they, from that, a longer ago. Yeah. Why would he be in? Why would he have? How could he have killed all the first inhabitants of this area as a '90s clown? Well, he probably. I'm guessing that he was using their model, like that their children's memories or whatever, as like sure. his model of how to like form himself to attract whatever right right because um, especially if he showed up because the the idea is that every 30 years since this place has existed he's come out and killed a bunch of people yeah. and at some point there wasn't sewer system so he couldn't have just been like out in the liquid shit flowing through the streets and been like popping up <laughs> out of that like hey come play with me right and um, you'll, you'll float here but yeah but but i think that's something that it misses because like the clown like i mean at least from the trailer never looks pleasing you know what i mean like he never he there's never the the thing where he he looks like something pleasant exactly. and then turns. So yeah. that, and I and the the psychological effect of that is is you know like judo it's always it has you off balance you never know what is real what's good and what's bad even and so yeah. you're kind of in a constant state of a, Well a, so I think this threat. is actually a good, good opportunity here to wrap this up and talk about clowns more. So well, real fast I, yeah. I just wanted to ask Nico if he knew that the uh, the remake that's coming out is only the kids storyline. No, I didn't actually. But yeah, that, yeah. None of the makes adults. sense doing, actually. If they make a sequel, that's what they were planning to do. I thought that's like a 
that's really interesting. I wonder if they're going to be able to pull that off. Like, if the, the right. kid's story has a satisfying enough of a conclusion. So, to, like, in the 1990s version, it's, so there's, it's these kids. When they were a kid, they fight the clown. And they beat him because he hates getting earrings shot in his face. And then in the and then it's like also them as adults thirty years later where they're all successful at whatever art they chose, and they're like oh shit we got to fight again, and they go back to fight him except for the one person who doesn't want to, mm-hmm. and so they but they layer back and forth those two stories they're just constantly going back and forth and act like my favorite part of the movie was when the kids defeat him for the first time because I was like oh finally we're done with these fucking kids, and <laughs> finally just the adult story. <laughs> Well, so let's talk more about clowns, though. So we have a very special guest with us today, and uh, uh, Noriko is going to get his audio cut in the middle, and yeah, let's go to that fine. interview now. <laughs> so, Rob. Yes. You are, I, I would say, classically trained as far as clowns goes, right? You, you were from the, through the Barnum and Bailey Clown College, and... I did. You studied pantomime and, and in then Mexico? And a few other schools. Yeah. Pantomime in Mexico and in Europe, and i've done quite a bit of training around the world that and acting as well yeah so so we're talking about the film it have you did you did you get this chance Uh to see it have you seen it i have yes okay so just from the beginning as a person who's gone through lives in this world what is how how does your people in your profession how do they view this movie um, uh, like people in my profession in regards to circus clowns or clowns in general, I'm sure. assuming you're, yeah. you're asking and not just yeah. circus people. Yeah. Okay. Clowns specifically. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of hit or miss. Uh, some people <laughs> like it because I mean, it's, you know, Tim Conway and John Ritter and Harry Anderson. It's a great comic trio. It's yeah. a movie about a clown, you know, and <laughs> it's, it's actually about a spider, but it's about a clown. So. <laughs> right. Well, so you know, in some so you're. In, I mean, I, I'm already surprised. I was expecting there was going to be a little more vitriol from the beginning. So it well, is not uh, that upsetting that it's got a that it's a clown maybe uh, portrayed badly. You know, uh, like there, there's a lot of bad, badly portrayed clowns, and then there's a lot of people in in the country who are not really clowns, but have learned to put clown makeup on. And uh, have created a, a worse image than a movie that's uh, well produced and well written that happens to be a horror theme and in, that embraced kind of all childhood horrors. Going downstairs to the basement was was one image in that movie that right. was like, yeah. ooh, you know, it's like open the door and run down quick and run back out. I was gonna say we comedians have the same issue with uh, with open micers uh, ruining uh, what we do for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, absolutely yeah do you have so uh what about in general this idea of uh creepiness in clowns is that something that you because i i feel like i hear a lot of people say they're afraid of clowns and i'm skeptical do you run into a lot of people who say that to you immediately yeah it's and it's happened i gotta say like uh, this is 25 years now that i've been working in circus business right so when i began in 92 um there was a certain percentage of of children who would kind of be skeptical, 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 <laughs> but uh, probably as much as they were for the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus. It was just, you know, anything big to a two-year-old is just a, a bit overwhelming. Yeah. You know, but the percentage of people who are saying that now, I, I think, is significantly increased, and people are definitely um, more hesitant, uh, a little bit more fearful, especially with all the media 
that's um, reported and all the images from other things, bands and whatnot and so forth that have created horror clowns. Hey, Rob, do you mind if I ask you, as someone who's been doing it for like 25 years, I mean, growing up, do you remember like the first time you saw like a scary clown? Do you feel like that image was as common back then or is that no, very much not, a thing that's used Not at all. I think, I, think it, I think it started coming about more late 90s and early 2000s and then started to pop out more from there. With, with different bands and images, um, uh, different movies that popped out at that time. And have you also, felt that? Have you felt that in the way crowds react to you? Have you felt the social change of all that, or is it specifically me, me these no, clowns? But me specifically, as a as a clown character, years ago, t- uh, took a different direction um, in terms of taking off the the classic Ringling style clown makeup and doing more of a character work even though the training of what i do is clown based i don't wear a clown nose well yeah so describe describe your clown character for people who haven't seen it i'm gonna post a video along with this episode uh that we were all just enjoying from the budapest circus festival yeah it's it's based on my dad a little bit so he's kind Mm. of um you know just like that's what my dad wears and it's kind of this aloof guy who just he's happy go lucky in his life and uh and he smiles, and uh, when things kind of go awry, as they always do, he just kind of brushes it off. And that's that was the baseline for this character and, and costume and style. And so do kids Do kids respond to that better than, than they, uh, they do with more of the classic Ringling makeup, do you think? Um, I just think it's different. Uh, for me, I, because I work internationally, um, it's definitely easier. Ringling's makeup is stylized more for the Ringling Circus and not really used in a lot of places outside of it. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you about that, what, how, how it changed internationally, how different the audiences seem to react to clowns, and, and whether this this uh, particular creepy clown idea had been more American, is more of an American idea, or if it was if it followed you around the world. It's definitely more of an American and North American idea. It's got little images that are popping now in an international market, but um, as far as Europe goes, uh, there's there's kind of more of a, uh, a culture of circus arts in general there, and theater and clown theater. So their their depiction and understanding and what they think of clowns is completely different too than than America. So what do you think mm-hmm. is the basis for this uh, idea of making the the horror clown a concept? Like, where do you think that comes from? Uh. I, Again, you know, I think if you take on horror and you take on any images that were soft and sweet and that, that originally started with um, childhood images, you know, uh, teddy bears that become evil, little oh, yeah. marionettes and, and ventriloquist dolls and soft, fluffy things that all of a sudden take an evil twist in your bedroom and the ghouls under the bed at night and and it goes back to fairy tales, grim, dark ones, you know? Interesting. So it's specifically the fact that you're taking something that seems nice and making it not nice that is... The, that, that's what makes it creepy, is that it's something that's not supposed to be creepy. Yeah. I mean, Santa Claus with razor teeth is pretty scary. <laughs> that's but, true. Uh, <laughs> something with me with clowns, is I've always felt, is that because it's unlike a doll or like... I mean, Santa Claus is kind of a, a close equivalent, but with like clowns, it's it's a person that is you know you can't understand their intentions because they're dressed as like a clown, right? Like a smiley person. Like you have a certain idea of what a clown is supposed to do 
when they're dressed like that in the kind of the more like like it is, you know, that mm-hmm. when you so when they're coming when you're around that type of person, it's like oh, okay, I want this person to perform this very specific role, but instead they you know pull out like a knife or do something like that it becomes like this betrayal almost or like a a reframing of a person that i think is where i kind of like my fear of clowns kind of comes from like it's the fact that you're dealing with a person that you don't know oh now they're a crazy killer or something like that you know right okay yeah i can see that point yeah like you know for me clowns represent chaos anyway in some okay, way. Yeah. Oh, say you know, more about they, that. They, they are the people who come out and they're, you know, maybe they'll spray with water. They've got a pie. What's going to go on? You know, it's kind of this lunacy in, in the midst of all the tension and drama of the circus. Has, so, has the ahead. demand for this kind of thing changed over the years? How is the, like, what's the market like? I know there's fewer, like, American circuses touring these days. Is there yeah. less interest in, like, birthday parties and things like that. I know that's not your main realm, but like, how has that changed? Yeah, I can't really tell you because I, I've been touring internationally for quite some time, over a decade now, and I, I pop back and forth to do projects like this, but I, anybody that I used to know from teaching in the birthday party convention world is 15 years now long gone, and yeah. um, so I'm not really connected that way to tell you if the business has dropped off or not. I know in certain states, friends of mine who were birthday entertainers that did clown makeup a few years back when they had bands on clowns in like Georgia, South Carolina, found it difficult because they used to get made up at home and drive to two or three parties in a day. Yeah. And they weren't they weren't allowed to go out on the on the streets dressed as a clown because of this ban on clowns. So they huh. had to actually take off their makeup, drive to a party, get dressed again there, do the show, take off the makeup, drive to the next party get dressed again, do the show there, and it limited the number of parties they could do in a day and made it harder on them. Wow. So just to take a step back really quick and simplify this for people maybe who aren't as experienced in the world of international and uh, and circus arts, and if all of that sounds... like, Talk to me about the difference between just uh, this classic birthday party clown that people right now might have in their heads and the vast world that you inhabit. Well, you know, they're both different. I've got some great friends who are birthday party clowns who used to be circus clowns. And the premise is the same. I'm, If I were to come and entertain at your house, I'm going to do a half an hour magic or comedy show of a certain caliber and quality. Um, and you also do and acrobatics and juggling. and uh, I do acrobatics and juggling and yeah, pantomime and yeah. sketches. And when I work with a partner, sometimes it's a talking duo comedy act. Right. Uh, based on like old 1950s partner comedy duos that were great, um, things like that. And the, the quality is good. And my friends who are in the business of birthday parties now who have decided not to travel on the road still wish to deliver to families and friends, like 50 people celebrating an event, a little like, like working in a little stand-up comedy club, except mm. as a clown in your backyard. <laughs> You know, and it's a special event for people, and they do it with pride, and they do it well. And this is where their business got affected. Now, there are other people, I'm sure, who don't do as good of a quality of work, but the same goes in every profession, doesn't it? Well, that's what I, what I one of the things that I thought about when I was watching this was that it feels like the a concern about the profession might be that people are trying to get, if you're like, oh, I have a birthday party and $30 for entertainment, you're going to get somebody who's sketchy 
And so then you're going to have this idea that clowns are sketchy people who go to birthday parties. And if you go to Cirque du Soleil and you watch that performer, you're going to have a very different idea of what clowns are about. Exactly. You know, there are some brilliant clowns. One of my inspirations, or two of them, of, of a, a recent generation were guys named Bill Irwin and David Shiner, who in the early 90s when I uh, started in the circus did a two-man show on Broadway. And they had a great success with it. And huh. they did two runs on Broadway. And then they revived a show called Old Hats a couple of years back. And they had a good success with that as well on Broadway. And it's very vaudevillian-based. It's silent sketch comedy between two brilliant clown characters. And it's people were shocked and going, oh, my gosh, I love it. Mm. Yeah. And it wasn't the standard image of clown that you would see. It's what you're talking about, more of a, a human character, some, some crazy, silly guy like Buster Keaton or Charlie Chaplin or uh, Red Skelton or Jerry Lewis doing a pantomime, Mr. Bean even. I, I uh, had... I had the the privilege of interviewing somebody from Blue Man Group when they came through town a little while ago, and he was describing what they do very similarly, and basically these characters have been created as just a massive id, and then letting that loose on a world of toys and seeing what comes out, and that's that's how he described Blue Man Group to me, and I thought that was really an interesting way to look at it, and it feels like there's some similarities to that in what you're talking about, that you wouldn't think that's a birthday party clown, but there's some of that same type of character creation and silent comedy going on. Exactly. And it's, it's kind of, Blue Man Group's very similar in some of its structural roots to a lot of the, the format and teaching of uh, what the real art of clown is. So is and it just that we... one level of it. Is it just that there's something that we actually like, but then it's been corrupted, so we have to trick people into showing them the thing we know that they like, but they think they don't like it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, people definitely have been conditioned by images, but we've been conditioned by images for all sorts of things nowadays by media and TV and adverts and movies. And it's all it's all how it's a bit of, uh, you know, if you watch these images for 20 years, you're going to think that Santa Claus is a man in a red suit with a white beard. But if we change it in three generations to a man in a purple suit with a green beard, eventually people are going to perceive him that way. Um, what do you think is like more damaging to the overall like lasting impact of clowns on our culture? Like, like the idea of the clown as like a horror villain or the insane clown posse and jugglers? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think more of it is uh, people who, um, uh, who have kind of overwhelmed the market with low quality of what uh, or how they used clowns for years more than the insane posse and juggalos or the <laughs> horror clowns. It would be the thousands of clowns in the country who have, have just gone to a makeup shop and bought some, you know, big plastic shoes and done poor makeup and got hired to stand and give away balloons at some uh, yeah. auto dealer's Saturday barbecue. Interesting. Yeah, I was just going to ask if, if you felt like the, the technology uh, getting to the point where balloon animals was so easy to make <laughs> and to travel with really flooded the market. Like it just reached like a tipping point when it was just <laughs> too easy and cheap to do it that too many people started doing it, you know? Either that or the excess luggage costs were too much and they stopped. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, so I can't tell, Rob, uh, if you are just too nice or if you genuinely don't think of this as a huge problem or maybe that you're just well, really, s- successful I mean, at a different level so you don't have to worry about it anymore. 
it it could be a bit of that. Like maybe if I was still wearing makeup and defending my my beginning phases of getting a career going, mm-hmm. it would be different, and my perspective would be different. Like if if I had just be beginning now, it's possible that I would think differently in terms of ah that image. And, but uh, on the other side, me and even back when I started, I kind of knew that the clown image had to change. Because in the states there just wasn't the same respect. Yeah. If I took off clown makeup and did brilliant clowning, I got paid a lot more to be a physical comedian. Mm. Oh. You know, and uh, I know that it's not clown then. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's amazing how that little perception changed. But I kind of knew it, and it forced me to to work better in my career and my studies. Well, that so me as a person wouldn't have inhibited me. That ro- I mean. So now I just want to hear what was it like being struggling to establish yourself as a career in this field? That was hard. (laughs) I'm sure. In what ways? It's not a road that um, it's kind of like finding the voice doing stand up comedy, too. When you start to write your material and then over time you really figure out what your voice is when you're writing, Mm -hmm. you start to come up with something that's more akin to yourself, your character, your personality. And the same goes for clown characters. So you were not only struggling just, with the finance and the and the business side and getting clients and building up this portfolio, you were also finding the voice of your clown character. Yeah, the I mean the the struggle about money, there just was no money. My <laughs> right. my first three tours I made a hundred dollars a week. Oh fourteen wow. shows a week. Wow. Wait, and you were these wow. were these were tent tours. These were those were tent tours, yeah. Nine wow. months every day, seven days a week for with three days off in a season. When I would I would have to save just enough to pay for the train ticket home, and work a winter job to pay for the train ticket back. Was this with, this wasn't but with it, Barnum and Bailey? This was with a, a different circus. No, it was with a a, a different tent show in the states. But that was wow. my training time. Like that was yeah. the time where I came through clown college, and I I knew how to put makeup on, and I had a costume, but I had no idea what about character about what my comic voice was, how I, how I looked at things, how my character was dimensional to people. I just came out with a few juggling tricks and a, a little bag of song and dance, and that was it. Well, we got to let you get back to your rehearsal. I really appreciate you talking to us about this. So where can people, when does the show that you're just working on now, when does that go up and where can people find out more about it? We're, we're opening on Thursday. Uh, it's in San Bernardino at the Citrus Fair. And they can find out more by Googling Venardos Circus, V-E-N-A-R-D-O-S Circus. Venardos and they'll circus. find it at venardoscircus.com. And uh, you are at ra- rob-torres.com. Correct. Great. Well, thank you so much for talking to us, Rob. It was a real pleasure. Hey, guys. Thanks a lot. It's been fun. Have a good evening. Thank you very much. And I made myself so easy to love. Yeah. Yeah. How much they hate. Today's episode is brought to you by the meat market. So, you guys might not remember this, Anthony and Enrico, but mm-hmm. uh, in, in lieu of more traditional ads, what we, one of the things we've done on the show is we've created a space where our listeners can post and sell their own creative projects and share them with like-minded people. We call it meat, the meat market because we have this weird meat theme and uh, it's kind of gross. <laughs> uh, so, and you can find that at meatmarket.space. So today we have a very new, we have a new entry in the meat market. It's the brand new novel by Robin Bennis okay. and it's called The Guns Above. Now, it's a novel about 
uh, blimps fighting in a war. It's their airships, oh, wow. like steampunk airship war. Now, as a paid advertisement, I re- I was prepared to tell you that I liked the book regardless. That's how advertising works. Uh, like not every podcaster, I'm going to pull back the curtains. Not every podcaster loves Casper mattresses or me undies. They just, <laughs> they take the money and then they have to do that. And they hate the, right. those things. Just like Bob Dole probably doesn't love Viagra or maybe he does. I don't know. But so I was going to say, no matter what happened, Stoll who loves Viagra, it's very possible. I was going to say that I loved this book anyway, because that's how it works. But Robin sent me a copy and I read it and I totally did like it. So even though I would have lied to you, I think it's important that you know that I'm not in this particular case. I would have, but I didn't have to because it's really fun. So uh, it's it's not just steampunk airships, which is already good enough. It's that's really cool. But it's also like like blimps are cool. Imagine if they shot each other. That's enough. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, I was gonna say uh, I, when you said meat market, I thought yeah. I thought you just I thought it was something like Sherry's berries, but it was only with like bacon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's Pete's meat, and he just sends you a pie. Hey, it was just brought to you by meat market. Have you fired of not eating steak via the mail? Like, <laughs> if well, if one of our listeners had a steak or uh, meat-based company they could sell those products on the meat market uh, get at me anyway so brought the- to you by abalone <laughs> call abalone anyway anyway so uh the guns above by robin bennis uh they're um oh so it's bl- blimps are shooting each other which is cool but also one of the blimps the main blimp character I think the blimp is a character, uh, is captained by uh, by the first woman to captain an airship in this particular steampunk army, and she oh, is cool. rad. And then she also nice. has this uh, uh, foppish rich friend who shoots real good, and he's fun. I don't think that's a major spoiler. He's fun. Anyway, it's just a they're, they're really fun characters. It's funny uh, as well as being like just a, a really cool and interesting setting. So. Uh, you should pick up a copy of The Guns Above. If Mother's Day is coming up. If you have a cool mom, get her a copy of The Guns Above. My dad's birthday is coming up. He's pretty great. Buy him a copy. Uh, his birthday this year on Mother's Day. So they both they have to share. Maybe I'll get them one copy and they can split it. Or I'll get them two copies. One for each of them. And they can like have a few cool couple thing. Read them together. Anyway, you can also read an excerpt of it at, at meatmarket.space. And you can buy it on Amazon. Look it up on Amazon. Uh, and robinbennis.com, which has a lot more information about it. And an excerpt. So, The Guns Above. Robin Bennis. Robin with a Y. Robin. That's how I'm going to call her. Robin Bennis. <laughs> Check it out. And thanks for supporting The Meat Market. Meat buddies. Meat buddies. Meat buddies. Meat buddies. Meat buddies. Meat buddies, meat buddies, meat buddies. Cool, so now it's time for lightning bonus round. We're going in the lightning bonus round. Lightning bonus round, here we go. We're going to finish this shit up. Lightning bonus round uh, is where I pose a question to our listeners and then to you guys or vice versa and I hear uh, what you think and what everyone everyone thinks. So here's my question. We're talking, just talking about this. Uh, they took clowns, which are a thing that are inherently supposed to be not scary, and they make mm-hmm. it scary. What else is a thing that is supposed to be not scary that could scare you guys? That would be interesting to put in a scary context. Oh shit! You can think about it, or I can bring I can bring in some other answers and come back to it. So let's hear some other answers. Okay, yeah, we'll so let's go to our So Dennis on Facebook said, uh, uh, "Bunnies, they're they aren't just cute like like everyone supposes. They've got them hoppy legs and the twitchy little noses. And what's with all the carrots?" What do they need such good eyesight for anyway? <laughs> it's got to be bunnies. I like the idea of bunnies because it could be like a volume thing where it's like, oh, you think you like a bunny, 
But if it was 10,000 bunnies and then they started nibbling at what? you. Well, how come he doesn't list like they have red fucking eyes? Like that's like, no, that, have, that was he just let that go on his list yeah, of scary. That wasn't creatures. even on his list of shit about bunny. Top <laughs> 10 scary things. Bright red motherfucking eyes. Like, get out of here. A lot of people said answers that had to do with space. So like uh, Ryan said, our insignificant planet, tiny speck floating across the vast yeah. sea of infinite constellations and interstellar I phenomena. Guess. Uh, and Brandy said space terrifies me as in outer space and then uh, uh, posted this photo, this famous photo um, of the pioneer plaque, which is the the, we, the gold plaque that we put on a uh, one of the mm-hmm. moon landers. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, not on a moon lander, but on a, uh, on a, oh no, our craft, on the pioneer 10 that we just on sent off in space. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, and it's just two naked people and a bunch of weird symbols. And not weird, very important, meaningful symbols. Anyway, and just said this plat. Brandy says this image fills me with a dread that I can't explain. I think it's like aliens seeing public nudity. But <laughs> I don't care for it, but we do not all look like that. <laughs> I mean, they picked like pretty decent looking people. Yeah, they're they're really like the guy uh, is a great chest, natural looking. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I would like like if we sent this out now. Um, if if NASA sent it, he was like, here's a representative couple of naked people. They would both be a little bit bigger. <laughs> We've evolved since then. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna get here and be uh, like, "I thought you'd all have better, sh- better chests." <laughs> uh, I've always thought like the messages we send out in the space is a horrifying concept. Like yeah. those messages and signals just going out into deep space by themselves for like ever. Yeah, uh, that's always filled me with a real existential dread. Um. I think anything, I, I think uh, you see it a lot used, but I, anything involving like social media or like the internet coming at you in a heinous way, I think is pretty scary. Yeah. Like I've always thought <laughs> Being like. Being group bullied? Well, like a, a movie that's like a, 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 a group bullying the horror movie, like people, a bunch of people on the internet attacking one person simultaneously. I've always thought like. Using that kind of premise for a horror movie, I think would be a pretty good modern horror film of something that like could really tone on you. Like you see people who post like one thing on Twitter, like one stupid joke, and then have their life ruined. Imagine like that, but murder was involved. You know, <laughs> like sure, they just murder one person on Twitter, and then everyone gangs up on them. Um, <laughs> I think kids are gross. I don't know if yeah. gross is this what you're going for. <laughs> well, there are a but lot of no. kids in horror movies. Like it's children doing yeah. things that are terrifying. Yeah, I guess that's true. But like, what they don't show is like just them like w- with their hands in their mouth and then like touching a doorknob, like just that <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> are you scared of just, germs? Is that your no? Main thing? Not really, but just like little kids, like specifically their like boogery, sticky hands, fucking gross me. Like I, I. <laughs> I'll fucking dodge them like I'm in the Matrix. I can't stand their <laughs> hands. Like they fucking little kids gross me. Like just yeah. Sure. And like so. And then um, hospitals, I find fucking sure. terrifying. Ter- the hospitals also been are... made use good use of in horror movies. Guess that's true. But you mean specifically uh, in the context of they're a little gross and you don't want to touch anything. 
Like no, well, yeah, and then uh, I don't know. They're just uh, there's also a uh, you're lose you. There's a loss of power when you go to a hospital. You're 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 at someone's mercy. You know, you're waiting for them to tell you. You know what's going on. So it's it's just kind of a terrifying place. It's uh whatever. Maybe those aren't good examples. No, those, uh, are, <laughs> those are pretty great. Amy on Facebook. How says, about fucking balloons? Have you thought about balloons? And how- <laughs> Actually, yeah, Kimberly mentioned because of this movie, balloons definitely, uh, and especially balloons in places they shouldn't be. Shortly after reading this book, I was throwing the trash away, and there was this balloon hovering above the apartment dumpster, and I literally threw my trash at it and left very quickly. (laughs) That's a great example. Amy on Facebook says, making phone calls, and oh my god, yes. I just... I'm a hundred like and and it, you'd think oh podcast every week for eight years you're you're making phone calls I hate phone calls this I can do yeah. that I hate and a bunch of people uh, tr- chimed in that they were uh, terrifying and 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 the nemesis phone calls just so bad um, yeah like when you know when someone who you've only exclusively spoken through text like no. via phone calls you for the first time and you're uh, like what the fuck is happening oh, right I hate it why why would John be calling me I, right now? I hate when I have to call. I have to call somebody, and I like I plan it out, and I'm like going over in my head my plan, yeah. and then I call them, and then something that I was not expecting happens right at the beginning. I'm like, oh, we're off book. None yeah. of none get, of my preparation is valuable. You get angry at them for like, God damn, I should have texted you the script first. <laughs> Let you know. <laughs> uh, this is why I still have AIM. Yeah. I still have <laughs> at Silkskinned on Twitter says being flirted with, which is, uh, there was a lot of things kind of like that that were like uh, people who are just not super into social things, which is adorable. That oh, that's, yeah. Those are our people. I get mm-hmm. that. Also, yeah. ducks came up a few times and Helen said feet, which I also totally agree with. Did you say Helen? Uh, her, yeah, that's her name, Helen. Is that not Helen? Uh, it's got an extra e at the end, and she's hella French. Okay, okay, all right. I just I, I've never heard that. I don't uh, know if that's right, before. but that's how we say it. That's okay. I think it could be right. We we have this thing where we like mispronounce people's names on purpose mm-hmm. uh, because then we don't we're not like obligated to feel bad for getting it wrong we could just be like well, we meant to get it wrong that's okay well i don't mean to make them feel fucking bad about it i, I would say uh <laughs> says noriko but yeah. I, I, <laughs> uh, how do you say that is that the traditional uh, pronunciation i actually i was gonna say i wish i had just been like oh uh, do you mean helene or whatever like just <laughs> <laughs> just pretended like i knew but <laughs> <laughs> when I didn't, no, I, okay, so Helen, yeah, yeah. Sounds anyway, good. Uh, and then one more thing on this topic, real quick, is that uh, this whole conversation sparked this sparked a very interesting conversation between two of our listeners who I think are a couple, um, but at Wham Cocker and at Trixie Raccoon had this great conversation where uh, at Wham Cocker had said, I reject your premise, everyone should be afraid of murderous clown spiders, and then they these two responding to us each time got in this cute little argument, um where uh trixie raccoon said you say this now but you disapproved when i taught our kids that there are clowns in the sewer (laughs) and then they had an argument about whether clowns live in sewers or tim curry lives in the sewer or specifically (laughs) this clown lives in the sewer and uh it was really fun so you guys were tim curry lives in a a sewer in a very nice neighborhood (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's had a good career all right and question number two for lightning bonus round um because i mentioned the thing about uh like you become what you were good at as kids but also this is a really interesting group of like lo- friends who were kind of losers as kids um and how they all turned out pretty great what was your so i just want to know for you two what was your group of friends like at 12 
And oh, could you Jesus. have fought a monster if you had to? Um, well, we could have rolled to hit a monster for sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> playing yeah, some D and D. That's what I thought yeah, you I was, meant. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say something very similar. Like, if the monster wanted to go and like. Like uh, a game of Goldeneye. I'm pretty sure we could take him. <laughs> or like uh, a yeah, Smash man. tournament. We could totally take. Definitely Goldeneye. Uh, yeah. If oh, the man. monster doesn't pick an odd job in Goldeneye, <laughs> then we're. Set. Yeah, yeah. That'd be good. Oh man, the 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 monster is so cocky. Uh, he's going to be the uh, uh, the really tall one. Oh, uh, Jaws. Jaws. Give yeah, me Jaws, Jaws man. Yeah. I that yeah. I almost had that joke really well done and then I, I bobbled it at the end yeah the monster is so cocky he rolls out his jaws and is like i can still beat you <laughs> when we i all, crouch it's like other people play standing big head mode down here <laughs> so you're playing nba jam now I, what happened <laughs> i mean i had a i had a friend when i was 12 who was the best duck hunt player i've ever seen really and uh yeah just in a phenomenal duck hunt player uh and uh like, I don't know if there is a kill screen at the end of Duck Hunt, but, like, just, <laughs> we never got, like, we got bored after an hour of watching him never miss. And uh, so I feel like if, if the monster was in a digital duck. <laughs> but otherwise, we were in a lot of trouble. Otherwise, we'd be, like, pointing a lot of Nintendo guns at him and nothing would happen. Um, but, yeah, I, I imagine, like, a plan wouldn't be, like, melting down silver. It would probably involve more, like, bottle rockets i don't know why i feel like at 12 years old if we had to kill a monster we'd probably use fire definitely didn't have fireworks when i was 12 when i was when i was 12 we found a small incense triangle and thought it was a firework and we were so excited (laughs) we decided this uh my friend had a trampoline my buddy thomas and we were like we're gonna make a cool wrestling video and so we set up his dad's camcorder under the, and we put the incense under the trampoline, and we're like, it's gonna make a big smoke bomb, and we're gonna jump through it. And then we lit it, and it just smelled nice. <laughs> it was just such a. Oh, it was like the most great. embarrassing. Like this is not a smoke bomb. This is yeah. Just take a- that, Tim Curry, you piece of shit. You can't stand up to our incense. It smells kind of nice down here now. Uh, Spider I mean- clown. Apparently, if you you know if you lit the incense and pointed it at him and went, "This is fireworks," that would blind him. Apparently, <laughs> he hates that. I did. Okay, what exactly happened there? Do any of you guys know what I'm talking about? The the in- inhaler. The inhaler, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which was we yeah, knew he- later a placebo inhaler. Yes. So yes. It, it, it didn't work as an inhaler, and it worked as acid. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah. So is it because he said it was acid? He could make it. Is that what happened? I I think so. Well, I, okay. So in my opinion, like, so it was just the fact that they were standing up to the clown. They're they're yeah. robbing it of its power. Yeah. Know? So he. Yeah. It, it seemed like them not being afraid of him really pissed him off, and so that was yeah. a placebo. It wasn't the acid, but it was him believing he could hurt this guy was yeah. enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like okay. it was just them aiming. Um, the opposite of fear at this thing, at anger and vengeance, like yeah. that it 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 uh, was weak to that, yeah. um, it, you know, in the same way that it was strong to to, yeah, yeah. Which I also think is all pretty weird. I also thought it was weird that the uh, that the guy, the local pharmacist, was like, "Sure, I'll give you some placebos, kid." Mm-hmm. And then later he was like, "I know they're placebos, but I still like." It. And that's not how that works. 
Yeah. Well, it becomes a well. There's there's um, um what the fuck is it called? Like when people like they they're not really addicted to marijuana. It's just that uh, emotional addiction or whatever. Like mm-hmm. the it's the it's the habitual nature of it. So you so. think he was like a he was a, a social asthmatic? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it just, it you know <laughs> it helps him sleep. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that's lightning bonus round. If you want to play along, go to facebook.com slash read and weep or on Twitter at read underscore weep. And each, or you can join the mailing list at readdistrib.com. And each week, you'll get the uh, the the lightning bonus round question just in time to fill it out before and give us some ideas before we talk about it. Now it's time for the minor compliment. Boy, this has been a long episode. Let's get it finished. Minor compliment, reverse order. So, Anthony Lopez, you're up first. What's your last nice thing you're going to say about it? Uh, I mean, I, we haven't brought it up yet, but I, I guess I will hear. I, I'm glad we didn't watch all those kids have sex. <laughs> yeah, it was a good choice of this movie not to include that scene. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad they didn't. You know, I've, I would have been interesting to see how they would have put that on ABC during. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, so it's weird as three people who have never read the book, but like that scene, I feel is very, very infamous. Like I've known about it for a while, and and from my understanding, it has to do with like. The way they all like lose their memories of the events because of the power once they beat him, you know, like as they get away, his effect sort of fades. But when they beat him originally in the sewers, they get lost on their way out. They get like confused and disoriented, and their memories start to go. Yeah, they're like uh, fading at their ability to get out of a sewer, but somehow yeah. she sexes so, the yeah. sewer map back into their brains. Yeah, so they all have sex with Beverly. To bring them back. So a bunch of like 12 year olds all have sex with each other. And that kind of, you know, is why they are so like touchy feely as adults and like love each other. Oh. And I, I kind of get, I don't know. It's just one of those very weird scenes. Like I've even, I think I've read stuff about Stephen King even being like, yeah, that was kind of a weird thing. I put in the book. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that hasn't aged well. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just one of those things that I've always known about. I was really curious, like, okay, it's not going to be in this. Like, is it going to be in the new movie? Like, maybe that's the type of thing that does work on the page. But even then, I've been told by people who read, read the book, like, nah, that's even still. Yeah, I I, well, I, I read a bunch of people uh, talking about it on Goodreads, and they were all like, yeah, what the fuck? Why did we have to do that? Um, it's the only thing I can think, because like, okay, so I haven't read that passage, but like, I did know that it was there and it existed. Yeah. Was that, um, the only thing I can think of, and this is again, so without that context, I mean, I'm, I'm stabbing in the dark a little bit here, but like, I think that, um, what, like, that's how when somebody, or especially boys become men and they aren't children anymore, is that they yeah. have sex for the first time. So just symbolically, like that situation, like, so that makes sense in that way that they're they're leaving after the you know this all happened and stuff they're they're now leaving that realm of of being children. Or yeah, whatever. I, I definitely think it's something like that he's going for. It's like the power in the ritual, right? Like right. The same way there's power in fear, there's power in you know that too. You know? I mean, Rather I'm all like, for like if if as adults, if after they beat this all thirty years later, and they're like, "Man, we deserve a party," and Beverly's <laughs> like, "Have I got an idea for you guys?" You know how hey it seems like I was always in love here. with all of you. Well, <laughs> uh, that would be great. They're twelve. I don't care for it. Yeah, I, I don't either. But I mean, like I said, symbolically, 
that made sense, sort of, yeah. like or whatever, but it's still it's gross. <laughs> yeah, well, so good compliment, yeah. Anthony. Good job for them not including that in this ABC movie. Um, yeah, we'll wait till September to find out if... What if that's how the the movie just ends? Just like a 10-minute long sex scene at nope. the end? Nope. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> and then it's like... And then it, it like cuts the black, and it's like it po two coming twenty eighteen. Like, what? Yeah, I don't think it, I need it, another one. Does like a seventies freeze on a guy's cum face or whatever? <laughs> uh, the, the end? Two, two question mark? High five, and it freezes and zooms in on their hands. They're <laughs> they're ugh. The, yep. Ugh. Yep. Yep. That's I've, that'd be the yep. last. Even know. the riff about it made me feel dirty. Gross. <laughs> so my compliment is, uh, oh man, there's a, there's a there's a trope in movies that I love, which is the getting the gang back together montage. <laughs> and so it's 30 years later, and the guy, the historian who stayed in Derry, it's like his job to call everybody and tell them that they have to keep their promise to fight the demon space spider. And for some reason, everybody is having sex when he calls them, um, like a which I guess that might make more sense with the 12 year old sex scene, but like. He, like half of the people are like making out with somebody and then the phone rings and like hang on honey i gotta take this and then they like gotta go and also part of their agreement seems to be not telling your partner what's going on in your life at any point bad communication and sex is how this gang gets back together so he calls everybody and they're all like drop your shit gotta run and it was just really fun i enjoy that anytime <laughs> and i liked it in this movie except for the one guy who killed himself it was really good yeah, it's like the beginning I, of, uh, of, uh, oh, fuck, 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 uh, 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 Roadhouse, where they, yeah, <laughs> they called Dalton, yeah. and he's like, I'll be there in five minutes. Yeah. I I do love that idea. I, it's, it actually, like, kind of filled me with existential dread last night, but imagine if you got a phone call and then remembered the most dramatic supernatural shit you've ever could have imagined. It's like, oh, that happened with me when I was 12. Yeah, damn it. Like, well, yeah, because like right, so th- so they forget. If you haven't seen it, uh, if you haven't seen it, they forget all of this trauma except for the one guy who's like the rememberer who and stayed there. Who stayed there? He stayed in the town. Yeah, right. So he calls you up. So this is so this could happen to you. You don't know. Yeah. So you could just get a phone call right now from Mike, and he'd be like, "It's back. Remember your promise." And you wouldn't know exactly what he meant, but you would just know that you had to fly to Maine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the freakiest part of all. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, maybe that, that's why they didn't tell their partners. They just like I can't explain why I have to go to Maine, but I definitely do. I can't explain, but I've got to take three planes and a bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. None of these are easy flights to get to Derry. <laughs> all right, Enrico, that leaves you. What's your minor compliment for it? Oh, um, you know what? Actually, uh, what I think is uh, cool is so I, I I tried to read the book like um, later on in life, and I couldn't get past the fact that so it's little kids from the fifties and the things that they're afraid of is the form that the it takes. So it's like a werewolf. There, it's like the Wolfman, not even a werewolf. Oh, yeah. the Wolfman. Yeah. And his and his Letterman jacket. Yeah. And, <laughs> and and mummies and shit. And I'm like, man, I I, I can't I can't do this. I'm not. I don't give a fuck about those things. Yeah. But the movie, I think, did a great job of just showing enough of the details mm-hmm. that, it, you know, and not like, 
you know, not the whole thing right away. They, it was scary. It was, it was yeah. kind of freaky. It, the, and the Wolfman was not entirely scary, but it was a little bit. I see. What it you're was. Doing. A, I mean, he was still in a in a in a in a boiler room, and then there was just like a furry claw hand coming out <laughs> of yeah. shit. Like, yeah, I agree. I agree. But uh, but I, I think it did a better job. You know what I mean? Then in a book it was like the Wolfman. I'm like, I don't give a shit about the Wolfman. It it would be cool if in the uh, the new ones, since it takes place in the eighties, if it's like Freddy and Jason and Michael Myers, like oh yeah, the movies, oh yeah, like, the kids are seen at that time. Like if one of the kids gets chased by the monster from the thing down a hallway, you know, well yeah. that could be a pretty it's cool Alf. Or yeah. <laughs> or because they can't get the official rights to that, it's like the xj 9000 of <laughs> each of those characters shows up it's Jaden and <laughs> and frederick yeah. <laughs> all right you guys that is it for the cursed episode that is the clown episode uh. of the podcast we finally made it to the oh, end. now we all get to bang each other, right? <laughs> <laughs> we got to get Rob back in here. We all sleep with Rob. <laughs> uh, I'll just commit suicide and write it on the wall with my blood. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be with that fucking clown. Uh, Rob was such a sweetheart. I hope because a lot of people were really nervous about having. Some people were really upset that I was going to put a clown in their ears for this podcast, and I, I, I believe that not only was he, I think he may have helped expand some people's mind about this, but he also may have just personally shown you um, that, that that there's a nicer kind of clown out there. There's a person who just likes making kids giggle. Sure, he sleeps in a sewer, but that doesn't mean. <laughs> yeah, and you couldn't see his razor teeth because it was over the phone. But right, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, he'll definitely kill you. But what a nice guy! No, he seemed really cool. Anyway, so that so check, yeah, check out Rob Torres. And uh, um, next week we're gonna be talking about Night Court. Like I said, uh, this is the Meat Buddy vote. So become a Meat Buddy at redistribute.com/slash/meatbuddies if you want to uh, help vote on stuff. So this was suggested originally by Leanne, who's been a Meat Buddy since 2014. Just a long time. I guess three years. I know, it's a long time. So thanks, Leanne. Leanne said, I've always wondered why Night Night Court was so revered when it's actually just really, really bad. And its awfulness made it strangely mesmerizing to me when I I found it perfect to fall asleep for it recently when I discovered it on my DVR. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to find out. I've never seen it. I know nothing about Night Court. Um, I'm just excited to see what's going on. So we have a great episode of that coming up next week. And thank you to Robin Bennis and the Meat Market. You can check out The Guns Above at robinbennis.com and on, and on the Meat Market at meatmarket.space. All right, and thanks for being here at Nariko Ott. Yeah. Great, great job once you were able to get here. <laughs> I hope someday you're rich and can have a personal IT department to make sure your computer's <laughs> working so your fiance doesn't have to always bail you out. That would be great. <laughs> and uh, so follow Matt and Rico out on Twitter and uh, check out his shows around the New York area mm-hmm. and uh, at Anthony Lopez part two. Yeah. Twitter. Thank you so much for having me. As always, this was, uh, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was great talking to you. And you, you were the one who told me first about that sex scene. So I've got, I learned some things. I think we've all learned something today. Anyway, that was the clown episode. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.